Bruh. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 477, October 14th, 2020. 86 degrees was the high on this day in 1947, and it was 24 degrees on this day in 1937. Hello? From the mayor's office Yo. above there we the go. boathouse on the east Hello? shore yeah. of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. (laughs) Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. A Boston University professor is facing calls for his termination after he suggested President Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett is a white colonizer who uses her two adopted Haitian children as props. This is the notorious Ibram X. Kendi, author of the New York Times bestseller How to Be an Anti-Racist. He made the comments on Twitter on Saturday. He's the uh, critical race theory guy. Wow. He's uh, at Boston University uh, enjoying his black privilege because there's no other way this guy would be employed. He's a complete nutcase. Some white colonizers adopted black children, he wrote. They civilized these savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong picture of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity. Kendi was responding to a sense-deleted tweet showing a woman who has since been identified as Barrett's sister Carrie, not Barrett herself, holding two children. Uh, With two adopted children from Haiti, it's going to be interesting to watch the Democrats try to smear Amy Coney Barrett as racist, uh, said the tweet posted by a Tea Party activist. It was later revealed that the two children Barrett's sister was holding were not adopted by the judge, but Barrett does have seven children, two of whom were adopted from the Caribbean country. Even so, Kendi doubled down writing that whether this is Barrett or not is not the point. It is a belief too many white people have. If they adopt a child of color, then they can't be racist, he said. Uh, Okay, Uh, I want to know what these people think Amy Coates Barrett's sinister motive would be to adopt kids from Haiti, wrote journalist Jonah Goldberg. I mean, spell it out. Even if you're against interracial adoption, what makes you think she's evil for doing it? Uh, We've reached the point where goodness is held in suspicion by the likes of this fraud uh, Ibram X. Kendi, a history professor and a race professor. At, and he's protected. He's protected of by course. his black privilege. Yep. That's all this is, is black privilege, not white privilege. It's black privilege to hold a position, presumably tenured, where he can just say this, the most maddening things in the world and get away with it because of his black privilege. It's just pathetic. This Some woman call is him being racist. This woman is being condemned because she's the, a mother of two kids that she gave a life yeah. to. What kind of life would they be having in Haiti? Plus, we don't know the circumstances. We don't know if those children even had parents. We don't know the circumstances of her adopting uh, two kids from Haiti. Uh, a Dem strategist is actually attacking Amy Coney Barrett by suggesting something sinister in the adoption of her children from Haiti. Wow, America should never forget this. 
uh, list of bad things about Amy Comey, Coney, Coney Barrett. One, she's a devout Catholic. Two, two of her children were adopted from Haiti. And again, I, I don't want to read too much more into this. Uh, I do have the facts that it was Ibram X. Kendi who uh, started this firestorm, but this is a New York Post piece, and, and, and much of the piece is, again, a repetition of social media commentary, which to me is not news. It's news that this moron said it, it's news that uh, Republican Senator John Kennedy, uh, I think he's from Louisiana or Mississippi, he called uh, Kennedy some butthead. I thought that was great. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I don't need to comment. I don't need to quote uh, Twitter users. I have no idea who they are. Uh, it's enough for me to know that, uh, that this guy uh, even holds goodness in suspicion if the goodness is committed by a white person. Boston University has not responded to a phone and email requests for comment. Uh, and, and they won't. They, they won't. It's, it's just amazing. And, and don't tell me that isn't black privilege. It's exactly what it is. And you see it particularly in the failed academy, which is why the academy's failed. Boston University, man, if you've got a kid going to Boston University, uh, think, of the, think of what you're paying and think of that, that this crackpot gets a cut of that for condemning the likes of a fake. How have we gotten to the point where being a mom is a bad thing? Is held in suspicion, yeah. Exactly. How have we gotten there? How have we gotten there to where uh, being unashamedly pro-life is being held in suspicion? That doesn't mean she can overturn Roe versus Wade. That's the fear of the Democrats, of course, but that's not what it means. She's a loving woman, apparently, who's deeply faithful and has adopted two kids from Haiti to join her other five kids. What? Somebody tell me what she's done wrong. Right. And don't forget, she's got a hell of a brain in that noggin of hers. She's brilliant. Let's conduct a social experiment, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, give, me the, give me the name of the gentleman again, please. The crackpot? Yes. Ibram <clears throat> X. Kendi. K-E-N-D-I? D-I, yep. E-N-D-I. You've heard of him, haven't you? Well, yeah. We, I, I we spent a great deal talking about yeah. him and his invention of this nonsensical critical race theory. Critical race theory. Yeah. theory. Okay. okay, calm down, you two. Just chill out I'm, a second. Well, I'm fairly calm. Yeah. <laughs> My, How long is this going to take? Because I want to chime in here. Go ahead. What I want to do is I want to find this this piece, and I want to okay, see if there's any that. comments that are related to it, because I want to see how like-minded people think like this idiot. That's what I'm. That's well, what I'm looking for. Well, that's where I'm going here, Such. Do you think that the majority, or what percentage of Americans, would you say even understand what critical race theory is and what this anti-racism class thing we've got going on? Do you think they even understand that it itself is racist? No, I don't think they do. Right, I, and I, I don't. I don't think, think. I don't think many people uh, subscribe to this fellow as uh, as somehow uh, being a thoughtful person of influence what about all these american companies that are doing this anti-racism training yeah i think in fact is critical race theory and it's racist in itself i think they're wrong to do it but we all understand why they're doing it well why did professional sports jump on the bagwagon so quickly trying to protect themselves What's the quote? When they came for my neighbor, I said nothing. When they mm-hmm. came for the Jews, I said nothing. When they came for me, there was nobody left to say anything. Mm-hmm. we got to look that quote up. I don't know the exact wording, but that's what's going on here. 
Um, I'm gonna go and look that up. Wow, I, I'm really. What are you finding? I'm Chris? really regretting that um, that I looked this up. What do you got? What, are you finding people who agree with Kendi? Wow, we are so <laughs> screwed. <laughs> what are they saying? Although, again, you're again you're reading the the great unwashed. You're right. You're right. I am. But uh, however, um, apparently. Uh, Senator Kennedy called him a butthead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't vile enough. He needed to come up with something better than that. But how how do you get there as a human being to think that what she did was what what what? Well, he's he's Marcus Hunter II squared. I'm not suggest. I'm referring to the young man who wrote the editorial in the Star Tribune yesterday. Uh, I am not at all suggesting that Marcus Hunter is a uh, critical race theorist, but Marcus Hunter has bought a lot of the B as in B as as an S that's deprived him from his own happiness and his own individuality. And this guy has has taken that. He's got it squared. This guy, this guy's got such a convoluted theory of race that he himself has become racist in trying to convey it. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't even understand what he's saying. You couldn't please him. I used to say you couldn't give Nakima Levy Pounds a parking ticket without being called racist. I don't know what about this guy. Yeah. And now but he's, he's protected. He's, he's in the failed yeah. academy. He's protected, which Trump is why the academy's back. failing. And the Trump doesn't, doesn't want. He doesn't back critical race theory in this anti-racism uh, racism theory, which is racist. So he, in fact, is being called racist and white power and all this other nonsense. And it's being done by people that are ignorant of what, what's really going on. But here. this guy, this Ibram X. Kendi, mm-hmm. he, he probably doesn't even believe anything that's coming out of his mouth. He's purely doing this to benefit oh, he's financially. A, he's a quote machine, Chris. I mean, yeah. he is everywhere, being interviewed everywhere. And you're right. He's counting cash is what he's doing. But he he would be of the faction, and I don't think it's again. It's what, there's 330 million people in this country. Right. How many of the 330 million think America is a bad company, a bad country? Right. Uh, I don't think it's much. I don't think it's no. No, I think I think it no. is more than that. Okay, which no, which I, I'm going to link. I'm going to link to the idea of this uh, critical race theory and this this uh, anti-bias training that the Trump administration, uh, I think. To their betterment, uh, he has uh, decided uh, we're not you're going to we're not going to spend taxpayer dollars holding these uh, meetings where you're going to be told how bad you are, and mm-hmm. you're going to be told what a bad country this is. B right. as in B, S as in S. There's your greatest pushback against this minority of people who believe this is a bad country. No, we're not. We're not. It's as simple as that. No, we're not a bad country, and I'm not going to one of your seminars where you're going to tell me I'm a bad person. Right. Go bleep yourself. And I'm not doing some it. of us in the middle or uh, with conservative leanings like to blame or paintbrush this as uh, an, an entirely liberal movement. Believe me, there are brilliant minds on the left and liberals that are pushing back against this just as much as everybody else. They see through all this BS. And, you know, their voice isn't being heard because we generally accuse the entire left of buying into this when, in fact, that's not the case. Like you were saying, it's it's a minority of morons that are supporting this guy. 
a mistake we might have been making on the podcast, uh, considering some of our larger themes, is making the wrong assumption that too many people haven't have too much influence when that when the when the case is that you know this ibram x kendi he has no influence he, he he's shouting a lot and a few people listen to him but he has no influence on the affairs of state he has no influence on on our lives he's a windbag who is enjoying black privilege at a very very prominent university which, in my estimation, is one of the reasons these universities are failed. They're no longer marketplaces for the free exchange of ideas. Uh, you, you took a class from this guy in history, for example, at Boston University. You don't have a chance to be educated. You only no. will be proselytized to. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a chance to be educated. No. no. And, and the American Academy is full of these guys. Full of them. I'm trying to look at his exact title. I know he's a history professor, and uh, where else would it be? I don't know. When did Something. you say he's getting in trouble with the U, uh, the, the, the university there for this? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. People are going to call for his uh, firing, but he won't get fired. <laughs> he won't get fired. And But again, too much of this story is uh, social media commentary, which I, I don't... Uh, I don't want to adhere to, even though I agree with some of it. The larger point is that we've been giving guys like him and Nakima, uh, Levy Pounds, or whatever the hell her name is, too much credit, too much influence. Yeah. How many Black Lives members are there in the Twin Cities area? It's a population of 3 million people. How many Black Lives members are there? A couple hundred, maybe? Where would I find that number? How would That's I even... a good question. But I had a friend of Chris. mine point out to me, if you got in your car right now and went and tried to find a Black Lives Matter member, you would it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Why are you giving well, so much attention to it? We, we find the signs everywhere. Right. You're right. right. They're just yeah. signs of support. Yeah. I'll yeah. do Minnesota, not Minneapolis, and see if I can come up with a... Well, okay, here... Well, how would you even be counted as an official member? Well, what I was going to do was go to their... Um, their Facebook page and just maybe that would be because they're okay. I, I pulled up the Black Lives Matter Minneapolis Facebook page and there are 76,247 people that follow that. Is that it? Okay. Does that mean there are 76,000 official Black Lives member members? No. I, I guess I don't no. know. I don't no. know. No, it's that's just social media stuff. Yeah. That's Seeing what they're saying. <laughs> Let's get back to Amy Coney. Barrett. She's being vilified for goodness. That's the that's the insidious harm here that a guy like this Kendi can inflame. Again, not that I don't I think a majority of people would scoff at him, but the very idea that as a member of a prominent university, he would hold a caring mother of seven children, two of whom are adopted, he would hold her as some sort of white colonizer using those children as, an, as props is, uh, indicates to me he has no conscience. He has no moral or ethical integrity. Are they going after her for being Catholic yet? Uh, only sideways. 
I, it's been on in the house here for a couple of days, and because, I, I pick uh, up bits and pieces of it. Hmm. Somewhere in the paper yesterday or today, I didn't bother ripping it out. Uh, there was an article about Biden chasing the Catholic vote, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just thought it would be terribly uh, humorously ironic if, uh, on one hand, they're going after her for being Catholic, and the other hand, they're chasing the Catholic vote. I don't know that uh, I don't I do not know uh, if her Catholicism has been a matter of contention. Uh, I do know her pro-life beliefs are a matter of contention, and you either choose to believe her or you don't. She said, my life choices, my beliefs don't influence how I read and interpret the law. You either believe that or you don't. I choose to. And another thing that I've always wondered about, you know, like Amy Klobuchar pointed out, well, she's no Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's the polar opposite of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a uh, uh, a liberal icon. You may foghorn me for icon. I'm on that. Hang on. And so highly regarded, uh, 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 almost had reached the had reached the stage of being a pop superstar. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't there be a conservative pop superstar? No, 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 no. Well, no, but you see what I'm saying? No. Oh, of course I do. They even have the, they even have the same uh, three letters. I mean, it was uh, RBG, and now you got uh, ABC or ACB. Huh? Why can't you be a conservative superstar, pop star? Why, can you, why does it you only can be a leftist superstar? Right. Isn't that amazing? Well, after that nonsense that Klobuchar spewed the other day, uh, I am, you, you, gee, all, there's time to adjust your scorecard. Such and I took quite the hit uh, last year when we, when the, we didn't know who the nominee was going to be for, you know, talking with an open mind about Klobuchar, and we, we got a lot of hate mail and criticism uh, about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am both thumbs down for Klobi. Oh, my God, after that speech yesterday and that nonsense. It was Klobuchar said... Uh, her appointment could affect where you go to school, who you can marry, and decisions you can make about your own body. Oh, I don't B believe that. No, I don't believe B that. isn't B, Amy. That's BS. To the women of America, we have come so far in the name of RGB, we should not go backward. Are you kidding me? What a... Well, isn't that just the ultimate definition of pandering? That's all oh. she's doing right there. Oh, and her voice was quaking. Give me a break. Uh, But we shouldn't, humanity should not have gotten to the point where your love of life is perplexing to other people. Yes, yes. Again, I I trust that if she's going to look at the law, I don't believe she's, you know, riding a white Catholic horse to the Supreme Court intending to undo everything that violates her personal beliefs. I do not believe that. But she's being vilified for having the belief. Yeah. She hasn't done anything with the law about it yet. Right, right. She's vilified for having the, 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 uh, the inconvenient idea that life matters. Right down to the two kids she plucked out of Haiti. Life. Think of the life those two kids from Haiti are going to have compared to the, what the life they might have had in Haiti. And again, we don't know the circumstances. This Kendi uh, uh, fool 
suggest that they were ripped away from their biological parents. We don't know any of that. We don't know the circumstances. And neither does he. No, of yeah. course not. Yeah. So uh, really quick, um, while you were reading that, I, I I went down the rabbit hole of the Black Lives Matter Minneapolis Facebook page, and it's... <laughs> Do you guys remember this story? Because after I read this, I do recall us talking about this on the show when we were still on the radio. Dateline August 1st, 2017. You guys remember the story of Michael Bringle, correct, in St. Paul? Uh, help me. Okay, help so, me. So he was the gentleman that unfortunately took his own life in the um, in the park. Uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, what park was it in St. Paul? Uh, I don't know. I'm it, not recalling this guy's name. I do remember us, because uh, Johnny had this in his newscast, and I remember it uh, in, in a St. Paul park. I guess they don't they don't name it in the uh, in the story. Well, in any event, uh, they, Black Lives Matter Minneapolis, uh, described it as a lynching because he was found hanging in the park. Mm-hmm. And don't you, do you remember this? No, is it starting to ring a bell? Oh, starting they, to. They went after the police. They said they're covering it up. They're they're trying to you know. And that's this was you know three years ago, mm-hmm. and they so they posted an apology to say if we offended the family, we we are deeply we are deeply sorry. That's not an apology. I absolutely remember us talking about this. They completely made that up, mm-hmm. and then they they took down the photos. They took everything down because I believe. Care 11 and KSTP both did news stories on this. But that's your group in a nutshell right there. They're making it up as they go along. You'll recall we spent a great deal of time yesterday discussing Marcus Hunter's piece in the Star Tribune, a black teenager who wrote... still uneasy about it. (laughs) Who wrote uh, uh, how uneasy he is. Uh, to be black and uh, what he fears and i've gotten really a lot of email about this from from listeners up to and including the idea that maybe there's no such person as marcus hunter and it was written you know by an activist uh i'm choosing to believe there's a marcus hunter the second so so i'm not buying that one but i uh i just chosen a few here's from uh, uh richard powell in southport north carolina Uh, Listening to your podcast today, you see the perfect example of the politics of victimhood. Marcus Hunter has been brainwashed to believe he is nothing but a victim. Everyone is against him. So his only hope is to vote for those who promise to end his victimization. And of course, they never do because he is more valuable to them as a victim. Rather than realize he is in charge of his own life, he has been told forever by the politicians that he is nothing but a helpless victim, and he apparently has believed it. It's a tragedy that so many Americans, blacks, Latinos, women, immigrants, have been the pawns of powerful politicians. It needs to end. We need to preach self-reliance, not dependence on government to fix every problem real or imagined. Keep pushing back. Richard Powell, Southport, North Carolina. And I've got many. Yeah, very well put, Joe. And kind of, he kind of voiced the same feelings I had, but not could not successfully put into words. Uh, Because my reaction was kind of like you know when somebody's really depressed, you just want to say, "Hey, smile, snap out of it." You know, right? That's not the way it works. That's that's the the wrong. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with the young man is say. No, 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 no. (laughs) You know, cut the rope on that sea uh, anchor you're towing around. Cut that rope. Let it go. 
Uh, here's from uh, Tim in Mississippi. Uh, the letter you read from Marcus that was in the strip broke my heart. It is so sad today, more than any time in my lifetime I made. I am made to notice skin color. I want to comment on this. He's got a great point. Oh. Specifically, African Americans. My feeling on race has always been to dismiss the color of someone's skin. The feelings that Marcus expressed and others that keep drawing attention to their skin color and the life problems it brings is disturbing. Do you recall what John Thompson said in the yard of Bob? Bob Crowles, when he was beginning his preposterous and fiery and threatening criminal rant. Do you remember what he said? I can't unzip this skin. Okay. Obviously, there was a time when skin color mattered greatly as recently as 1960. Where I live in Mississippi, blacks were battling for basic human rights. But because of the changes made, we as a country have moved ahead. That's That's what makes Marcus's letter so disheartening. To think he could feel that his skin color is still defining him is heartbreaking. I guess I will never understand. But my advice to everyone has always been try to look in the mirror and not see your skin color. Until that day not every, until that day that everyone looks in the mirror and does not see skin color, we as a country will have a race issue. You as the mayor of GL could decree that there is only one race in GL, the human race. Good luck, Bud from Mississippi. Okay, I'm declaring that. There's only one race, yeah. the human race, the human race. I, I, I have great hopes for Marcus. I, I, I have great hopes for Marcus that he's going to see the light. He's going to see the light. If he's 17 and that much of a thinker, he's got time to, you know, what's the old Mark Twain line? When I was 17, I uh, didn't real. I thought my father was so stupid, and by the time I was 25, I didn't know how smart he'd become. <laughs> something or along something those like lines. That. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah, like something that. close enough. <laughs> that, was, that was something like that. Yeah. That was close. I don't Fool know. me once. Yeah. And Jordy wants me to know, uh, Jordy wants me to know, he, Jordy, not Jordy, I'm sorry, Kelsey, Kelsey wants me to know, Kelsey's a scold, he likes to scold me, yeah. he, he, he says, Joe, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know that former University of Minnesota president and St. Paul native Malcolm Moose was Eisenhower's chief speechwriter and co-author of that farewell speech. By the way, the dark forces they warned about is the very same military-industrial complex that we've been watching for four years. Uh, uh, he included a link to a New Yorker article talking about Malcolm Moose's son, Grant, finding his father's papers in, of all places, and appropriately, the family boathouse at their lake place on 10 Mile Lake in Hackensack. Nice. I didn't know, Kelsey, that Malcolm Moose was Eisenhower's uh, speechwriter. Hmm. That's an interesting... No. And uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it either. So. Yeah. Is uh, Malcolm Moose any relation to Marty Moose? <laughs> what are you, in the role of rookie today? <laughs> rookie. <help it. laughs> That's what you... Hey, Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> Marty Moose. I got to pull that up. How much meatloaf have you had yet, Reavers? You guys... So last had, night, you got the my, meat sweats, Reavers. I had my Bills playing last night, so I had to watch the Bills and the Titans. And I had two baseball playoff games. I ate a whole entire meatloaf in the second half of the football game. Oh my by God. Myself. Oh my God. By, by myself. Did you bother to cook it? Well, it, no, because I like it really crispy on the top. So I like to cook it a little bit longer than they suggest because I like it crispy. We're speaking of Grunhofer's meatloaf, of course. Oh. Uh, Dad ready mug. to ready to pop in the oven, isn't it? When you when you get home from Grunhofer's old fashioned meat market in Hugo, right at the north end of Hugo on Highway sixty one, uh, there was an official meatloaf warning yep. issued last week because Reavers was in the vicinity. That warning has been lifted, yep. but there is a meatloaf watch 
that's always uh, present because of the uh, demand for the meatloaf, which has grown so great that they're adding 2,500 square feet onto the onto the Grunhofer's old-fashioned meat facility and to as keep we, producing these products that are so wonderful. And as we creep into you know fall, late fall, early winter, this is meatloaf season, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm, it I'm, really I'm sorry. is. Yeah, and and again. Uh, you you have figured out a way to cook it on the grill, the smoker. I, I smoker. did it. I did it in the oven last night. But I well, you were in a hurry. You were watching the game. Yeah, you had to it, stuff your pie hole. Stuff to do. But uh, <laughs> I have a question too yes, sir. about this. Now, do you do what I do? Have you reached my my point where you just keep it in the pan and balance it on your belly as you're sitting there? So anything that falls out of your mouth bounces off your chest and right back into the pan. <laughs> Doing that, right, Chris? I did. Uh, I did eat it straight out of the pan, but I did have a plate underneath it because you know I'm I'm a gentleman. Well, you can't balance a plate on your belly. No, not yet, anyway. You know, Kenny, you have a knack for presenting some of the ugliest <laughs> word images I've ever seen in my life. You're welcome. I've ever heard. You're welcome. You're, You're welcome. Brats, brats, the Philly patty, the bacon, the ham, the steaks, the burgers, the sliders, the Philly patty, all at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Hey, we're going to get you a sign. Fast Signs in Roseville, they'll get you a sign. Joe and Marsha have owned and operated the Fast Signs in Roseville for 20 years, and they have an experienced staff who is skilled at providing quality signs to meet your business needs. Fast Signs Roseville can take care of your sign needs from concept to completion. Joe and Marsha are longtime GL listeners, and they would love Fast Signs Roseville to be the go-to sign provider for all of you fellow GLers. You know, from basic yard signs to branded visual communication projects, they are here to serve. Check out their website, fastsigns.com slash 204. That will get you directly to the website for Roseville Fast Signs or give them a call directly, 651-631-1631. Fast Signs Roseville, more than fast, more than signs. This next song is about Kenny Olsen. If he's here, jump up and down. Turn it up. Can't hear it. Reavers, do you know what it means to play something loud? <laughs> Apparently not. I'm trying, fellas. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I want, to, I want my ears to feel like I just came from a Van Halen concert. When I say turn it up, turn it up. Such, I'll tell you what's been going on. Uh, if GLers haven't figured it out, for the last couple of weeks, I've been broadcasting from the brand new but closed to the public Krabby Coffee Shop in a top secret location somewhere out there in Gumption County. And even though the uh, Krabby Coffee Shop is closed... It's uh, sponsored by the very much open for business Coffee Grounds. We welcome them back in nice. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Hey, hey, now. You can get on their website, coffeegroundstheCoffeegrounds.com, and get yourself the best fresh roasted coffee you've ever tasted delivered right to your front door. And for this segment of news from the Krabby Coffee so- uh, Shop, Such, we're going to play a little game. All right. Because I have... I have news uh, from the police blotter here, <laughs> and as you know, I, love I, this live, I live on the border of Gumption County and Liberal Lakes, you know, uh, Garage Logic. And what I noticed, and it's pretty much even that there's a lot of political signs being damaged. 
And instead of trying to figure out, because there's no way you could figure out what county these, uh, these, by the way, what county is Liberal Lakes in anyway? Whimpering. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you figure out if this is from Gumption County or Whimpering County. I just want you to guess what the over under is. I'm gonna say the over under is five, and you have to pick uh, if it's higher or lower on the amount of political billboards and signs that have been damaged in both Liberal Lakes and and, and uh, GL. Go ahead. Is it over or under five? In Whimpering or Gumption County? Both. Both. Because it's happening on both sides of the county. It's over five. Over five. Reavers? Uh, Yeah, I would agree with Joe. It's seven. What? Well, it's over five. People are going crazy. Political billboard cut in half. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, A few signs have been damaged. Um, Okay. Three signs were stolen from one address. Another address nearby says a BLM sign was taken. Another one said three political signs stolen. And he wanted the he wanted a deputy to tell him how they can catch the thieves. And this just goes on and on and on. My God, people in both counties, stop doing this. Just leave your neighbors alone. All right. Uh, here comes the contest. Now, now your job, Chris, Joe, is to tell me uh, when I read you this item. Is this from Whimpering County or Gumption County? The I'm first ready. one. A male in his 60s fell off a ladder. He's conscious and breathing, but can't move his arm. Where did this happen? That could be either county, but I'm going to go with Whimpering. Chris? Yeah, uh, whatever, you know. I'm <laughs> had a couple of guests walk in the podcast studio. Huh? Uh, Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Such, yeah, you are wrong. It was a trick question. This was called in by your CP. No, <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Hello, hello. No, it wasn't. Uh, okay, guess Gumption County or Whimpering County. Complainant states that neighbors are burning mattresses and other stuff from the house. Whimpering County, Gumption County. Whimpering. Again, a trick question. That was called in by my neighbor. What the hell do you expect me to do with an old mattress? Jeez. Are we having fun yet? No. Okay, here's another one. RP has some questions and needs advice. She wants to speak with a deputy because it is her right, and she doesn't want to talk to the police department anymore. Whimpering County, Gumption County. Whimpering. Well, you are correct. Yes. Uh, here's another one. Someone is controlling his computer and wants to speak to an officer on what he can do. Whimpering. <laughs> Wrong. Gumption County. Really? That's one of our very own. Really? And somebody has taken over his computer. Uh, here's another one. Is this uh, the last one, I wonder? Uh, it can be if you want. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, RP is stating that someone has stole her vehicle. Vehicle was left abandoned by the owner for several months, and the building manager had it towed away. Uh, but the RP doesn't live in the building. Definitely Gumption whimpering. County? Definitely whimpering. Definitely. You're, no GLer would abandon a car. You, sir, are correct. Let's Absolutely. talk about the coffee grounds in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Eric and Julie at the coffee grounds. They've been roasting coffee since 1996, and the beans that they roast are the very best. They've flown all, all over Costa Rica, across Central America, going to farms, finding the best. 
honestly sourced beans available. They've had a direct relationship with their suppliers for, I don't know, 20 years, 23 years, and a huge variety of all kinds, including decafs. You need to check out the four different GL blends too. The best part, you can go to their website at thecoffeegrounds.com, order a few pounds, and they'll ship it right to your front door no matter where you are. Did you hear that? I don't care where you are, you can get these beans delivered right to your front door. However, if you're passing through the Eau Claire area, swing into the coffee grounds for a cup or two. Uh, they also carry stogies, meats, cheeses, whiskey. There's a craft brewery on site and an amazing full-service restaurant, too, with uh, meals to go like pork chops, lasagna, enchiladas, and uh, biscuits. I, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but the biscuits that Eric and Julie make are better than that crap your grandma made. They're located Whoa. just a half mile north of 94 on Southtown Drive. Say hello to Eric and Julie and tell them GL sent you and order that coffee at thecoffeegrounds.com. Okay, one more little segment here, Such, before we get back to the regularly uh, scheduled bitching and griping. Uh, another quiz. <laughs> Name the four GL blends of coffee at the Coffee Grounds in Eau Claire. We have four blends. What are they? GL blend. Right. Crabby right. coffee. Crabby. Right. Uh, uh, bitter. Is there a, isn't there a John Hyde decaf? Oh yeah, you're right. That's also known as the Liberal Lakes blend. But going Liberal back, Lakes. There's, <laughs> yep, yep. There's one, one left. Uh, something with lake in it. Uh, help Spoon me. Lake Spoon Lake blend. Spoon Lake blend. Nice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The Krabby Coffee Shop brought to you by thecoffeegrounds.com in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You can find them online at thecoffeegrounds.com. And get the best fresh roasted coffee in the whole wide world delivered right to your front door. Thanks for returning, Reavers. You've been very helpful during this segment. No problem. Uh -huh. Senator Mazzi Hirono, Democrat Hawaii, asked a question pertaining to an issue that came up quite a bit during Justice Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation, but had yet to come up during Judge Amy Coney Barrett's hearing. Whether the Supreme Court nominee had ever sexually assaulted someone. Since you became a legal adult, have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors or committed any physical or verbal harassment or assault of a sexual nature, Hirono asked. No, Senator Hirono, Barrett replied. Have you ever faced discipline or entered into a settlement related to this kind of conduct, Hirono then asked. No, Senator, Barrett said. Uh, this is right out of the Kavanaugh playbook, and she claims, this, this senator claims that she needs to ask this kind of stuff to see if the nominees fit. Are you kidding me? What? Are you kidding me? Wow. Mm-hmm. Hirono notes that she asked these two questions of all nominees who come before committees in which she sits. Even if it doesn't make sense, she asked it, apparently. Is there proof I, of that? I guess a woman can commit sexual uh, assault. Well, sure, of course. But... Uh, uh, I doubt that Amy Coney Barrett was a candidate for that suspicion, but this moron, uh, she doesn't care who's up there. She's going to still ask the question. A Wisconsin judge on Wednesday temporarily blocked an order from Governor Tony Evers' administration limiting the number of people who can gather in bars, restaurants, and indoor places, a move that comes as the state breaks records for new coronavirus cases. The Tavern League of Wisconsin, sounds like a baseball league, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. The Tavern League of Wisconsin sued Tuesday. Sawyer County Circuit Judge John Yackel on Wednesday blocked the order and set a court date for next Monday. 
The Democratic governor's order issued last week limited the number of customers in any indoor establishment to 25% of capacity. Evers, is it Evers or Evers? It's Evers, I think. I believe it's Evers, yes. Said he was making the move to curb the spread of the virus as it spikes in Wisconsin. The state was opening a field hospital near Milwaukee today to handle an overflow of patients from hospitals that hit a record high number of COVID-19 patients Tuesday. The Tavern League, the lobbying group for the state's powerful bars and taverns, argued in its lawsuit that the closure amounted to a de facto closure. closure. The order amounted to that. A spokeswoman for Evers did not immediately return a message seeking comment. Earlier this year, the conservative-controlled Wisconsin Supreme Court ended uh, Evers' safe-at-home order. Republican lawmakers are currently suing to end the governor's statewide mask mandate. The Tavern League, the Sawyer County Tavern League, and the Flambeau Forest Inn in the village of Winter brought the lawsuit. It argues that the Flambeau Forest Inn would be forced to limit its capacity to 10 people under the state order, which would include five customers and the five employees needed to operate the business. Flambeau could not operate profitably profitably under these conditions and would be forced to discontinue its business, the lawsuit said. All right. I don't know what to think anymore. I'm just at the end of my rope trying to think of... I know where winter is, by the way. Hayman used to have a place in winter. Did he? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I've spent many, many, many days in winter. Uh, I have a friend that uh, lives up there. I, I've I tried to get there once. Joe O'Brien and I were going to go there for the weekend, and, and my uh, and I, I broke casino. down, broke down yeah. in front of a casino, oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, on the bike on the motorcycle, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was invited to a gathering uh, that I uh, terrified me, so I rejected that invitation. <laughs> uh, I went into the casino to. Uh, to think, well, the hell, it's Saturday afternoon. I'll have a beer and watch a ball game while I'm waiting for uh, my uh, rescue to arrive. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and it, it was literally so clouded with smoke that I couldn't <laughs> breathe, so I turned around and went back outside. And I just sat on the lawn. And that's when these two locals uh, asked me, sure, this yeah. is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And these yeah. two locals are saying, hey, you want to come with us to a party? I said, yeah. oh, geez, I wish I could, but I can't. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for my ride here. And they, they kind of looked at a, me. Yeah, did they ask you about your watch, where you got it? No, I, I think and, I started uh, to hide everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think your uh, you? your direct response was, "Where's the party?" Yeah, yeah. where's yeah. the party? Yeah. <laughs> Say, add to your 2020 Doom Bingo card. We forgot to add to those murder hornets. Oh yeah, yeah. A second uh, murder hornet has escaped in Seattle. Washington State Department of Agriculture captured a live Asian giant hornet known as murder hornets for their ability to decimate honeybee populations and used dental floss to attach a tracking device to its body, which worked quite well until the hornet went into some vegetation and probably was able to lose the lasso that was around his neck that had the tracking device. We have put lassoes around the necks of murder hornets made of dental floss, and the hornets are escaping into the wild. Oh. How big is a murder hornet, by the way? It can get to be two inches. Really? About the size mm-hmm. of a mallard duck. Wow. Asian giant hornets are the world's largest. They can become two inches long. Uh, what makes them so dangerous is that they can destroy a honeybee hive in a matter of hours, killing the bees by decapitating them. 
If the hornet becomes established in the state, it will negatively impact the environment, economy, and public health. Since the preliminary preliminary reports in 2019, there have been 18 confirmed Asian giant hornets found in Washington, but there have been even more additional sightings. Okay, you you got to put that on your 2020 doom bingo card. Asian hornets and killer whales and God knows what else is out there. Marking that down right now. Yeah, put Mm. that on there. I do one of these a year, whether I want to or not. Celebrity birthdays? Nope. Oh. Uh, preposterous Halloween decorations. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> you know, one year, I, I remember I did it. It was a guy that recreated way too effectively a plane crash in his yard. Oh, that's right. <laughs> remember that? It really, pal, you really think that's what the kids need? Did it start with uh, the story <laughs> of funny. somebody putting the guy hanging from his gutter? Or the, oh, yeah, the, we had that one. The, yeah. uh, is yeah. that what kicked it off? Because that's I my so. first memory of uh, you doing these stories. <laughs> I would hang a guy. I would put a ladder up next to the gutter and then hang a guy from his foot off yeah. the ladder. Yeah. That would be hysterical. <laughs> well, this year I'm going to choose a home in the Los Angeles area uh, where people seeing it have routinely called 911 Fantastic. Uh, because they've... They've created the appearance of the house completely on fire as you look through the windows. Nice. Uh-huh. It's so <laughs> realistic that multiple people have made emergency phone calls to firefighters. Uh, the theme uh, is shared. What, what, what did I do here? Did I lose part of it? Uh, I don't want to give them any more publicity. It's some family that said, uh, we do this and people enjoy it. No, you no, know what? No, no, no. Your, your house is on fire. It looks like your house is on fire, you idiot. Uh, so you're not doing anybody any thrilling favors. <laughs> this on. is all. This is so the the look at me generation, isn't it? Because all they want is, hey, maybe the local ABC affiliate's going to come out and do a story on us. That's all they're doing this for. Well, and that's what worked. They yeah. got the story. We need to be more like Such, though, because if Such was driving by this, he'd look at it and go, huh. That house is on fire. Anyway, what's coming up on the ride? What's coming up on the ride? I saw the video. It's terribly lifelike. You you would think that the house is on fire. Oh, I don't know how they yeah. do now, it. Now I got to look it up. Right. Lights and cameras and everything. It's just it's right up there with a fake plane crash in your roof. Give me a break. That's pretty funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I know funny. funny. That's not That's funny. funny. Oh, oh my god! Look at okay, that. Hey, Henny Youngman. Wow! Doesn't that look like the house oh, is on fire? It does yes. look like the house. No, Kenny, I'm I'm not oh, kidding. Oh God! <sighs> I don't know how they do it. See, see if the story you brought up tells you how they do it. Uh, it's got to be some sort of slide projector or something. Well, we've been adding to this every year. So the homeowner just started with skeletons. Then we added a cannon in the back and the ship to pre- sure. they pretend fire on the side. The make believe blaze is so realistic that you read that part. Uh, no, it 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 doesn't. It doesn't. Hell, reporting isn't what it used to be. It, really it did not occur to the reporter to say to these people, "What is the device you're using to create this imagery?" That didn't recur occur to a reporter. Wow, reporting isn't what it used to be because people lack curiosity. Look at this. And contrary to what Kenny said, that I'd drive by. No, I'd probably stop and demand to know how they're doing it. I want to know how you do that. Well, it looks like... Then I'd say what's coming up on the ride. It looks like they're using a sheet in front yeah. of the screen, and it's it, they're using fans to make it look like there's flames. Yeah, a couple of streamers, a couple of lights. Here we go. Can I, well, it's pretty lifelike. Can I bring up something extremely controversial? 
You may. Yeah, I, uh, I promise I'll try to pay attention. So the, they've got the reporter, the uh, Channel 7 Action News reporter on the scene here. And I've, why, why does she feel it necessary that she needs to wear a mask while on camera, standing outside of the fire where no one's around her? It's a mask? Oh, you mean the COVID mask? Yeah, she's got yeah, the she's got the appearances. She's just being a good foot soldier, I guess. Okay, well, thank yeah. you. That's that's yeah. great. Yeah, you guys had no commentary on the judge's order in Wisconsin opening the bars back up, did you? Well, I get both sides of it. That's why I I don't know what to think. I really I don't, don't either. I, I don't I don't either. Because I I feel for all of the bars and restaurants that you know have suffered greatly because of this, but I also get that. That's a place that people can get it. It can be a super spreader. I don't care. I'm done with all this. I don't care. All the governors need to open everything up and let Americans do whatever the hell they're going to do. You've taught us all. Everybody knows about the COVID. Everybody knows where you're going to get it. Let us just do our thing. Live and let die. Live and let live. Whatever. I'm so done with governors controlling our lives and completely destroying businesses. There, I, I said it. I also feel that way, too. Got it off my chest. Such? Uh, okay. Uh, but I don't want to get this damn bug. Well, then you're an American. Do what you want. Don't go out in public and get it. Yeah. No, I just Don't go to the life. movie theater. Don't go to the Van Halen right, concert. exactly. All don't right. go to super spreader events. So, do what you're going to do. Everybody knows about it. Nobody can say, well, what the hell is COVID? I didn't know about COVID. Well, you know, you everybody know knows about COVID, and everybody knows how you get it. Let Americans do what the hell they're going to do. Okay, and you know perfectly well what the government response to that is going to be. We're not equipped to handle a new rush of cases. You'd hear the same stuff you heard back in March. We're not Which ready. We couldn't handle it. Yeah. But we that Wisconsin, is the fact, they're building actually. a field hospital. Yeah, in Wisconsin. And now nobody can, yeah. Anyway. So I, I, I admire the sentiment because, yeah, you're right. As a, as a free American, still, that hasn't been taken away completely yet. I, I don't have to go to a movie theater. I don't have to do it. Right. But you, you're saying open them up for the people who do. Yep. All if right. you want to get the COVID, if you want to go to a super spreader, go ahead. Yeah, you know, go ahead. But then All what right. that would, what that, well, how about this? Uh, I don't think it's an original thought. I'm trying to remember where I saw it. What if we bit the bullet in this country and locked down everything completely for one month? You mean like North Korea or yeah. China? <laughs> yeah. Hell to the no, Such. No, I, I'm trying to remember where I read it. Was it was it that local guy, Reeves, the Slavic, or uh, what's his name? He worked for Obama. Oh, uh, Slavitt, Andy Slavitt. Andy Slavitt. I, yeah. I don't want to put words in his mouth if it wasn't his thought, but there is a there is a school of thought that, well, probably now it's too late, but there's a the school of thought that if we would have shut down on day one for six weeks, clamped down everything tight, we somehow would have defeated it. I don't know if that's true no, or not. Okay, but let's, not let's say we could have done that. We would have disintegrated. Yeah. There no, would we be are no country left. So instead we're disintegrating slowly. Give yeah. me a break. Let yeah. the people who need to go out and get the COVID get it if that's what their deal is. Well, and I know Jesus. I, I'm a fan of her, and she's, she's gotten ripped nationally, but look at how South Dakota's handled it. Uh, they're getting a spike now. They're, well, but, okay. they're getting the uh, right, right. They're getting, getting the Sturgis feedback. <laughs> but, but okay, the, I, the, I word, laugh. the word spike, though, it's people are going to get this, but I'm worried about the death rate, and the death rate has gone down significantly since March. 
Well, and there is this, the school of thought that that's really the only thing you need to look at is right. the death rate. Right. Who cares if there's 20 million new positive cases if the death rate keeps going down? I mean, th- this whole notion that we need to find the cure. We ha- we've been dealing with the cold and the flu forever. It's not going you, away. You as an American need to be afraid. You need to cower in your basement wearing a mask in your own home and in your car and outside. You need to quarantine. You need to stay home. Give me a break. You know, I heard a really Go to hell. I heard a uh, sick of this. A really bad story over the weekend and I I'm not going to name the individual that told me this, but she has a, a coworker whose daughter went to went away for for school in the in you know in the late summer and the daughter was going to come home for the weekend and mom wouldn't let her stay in the house she had to sleep at grandma's yeah oh well grandma or, sorry, so grandma. bump off grandma not, not, not grandma the neighbors the neighbors oh, not grandma i'm sorry okay I'm bump sorry. off oh, well. the neighbors instead yeah see but what that's really how you're going to live your life cuz this woman who i think is in her 50s is so deathly afraid of of getting covid yeah. I've asked this before. Talk to me. Does this all go away upon a Biden victory? <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of people that feel that way. Will John King on CNN put away his graphs and his maps that he trots out every day at about 11 a.m., just like he's covering an election, and he says, here's some rises here, here's some di-. Will Will that go away upon a Biden victory? Well, he might, but the COVID won't. It's going to work. It's you know, it's it's, it's going to be where this COVID magic is. What well, it's, it's going to be with us forever, isn't it? It's yes. A, it's a. Yes. It's out in the world now. It's yes. a. It's a form of the cold, only a common cold, only worse. It can be much worse, but it's with us forever. Yeah. So what? What is? Well, it's, we're right back to asking the same stupid questions we've always asked. What markers are you using, Governor? To, to have an end game in mind, and the answer is uh, positive positivity test rates below thirty percent. Right now, they're at about thirty five percent. But what's the death rate? Right. The death rate's declining. There's a, many scientists who believe this was over in June that it peaked, yep. and the death rate's been going down since. Well, I mentioned the Newsweek article last week. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find, because Hauser posted something about that um, this morning. I'm trying to find it right now. And, Suits, you mentioned, and we talked at length, about the, uh, the Barrington deal. That's what Reavers is referring to. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wallace says economic well, shutdown in the last spring was needed to... Pre- okay. Wallace says, this is from Tom Hauser, uh, Wallace says the economic shutdown in Minnesota last spring was needed to prepare for the virus, but it doesn't sound like he's planning on doing it again. He even noted some states have fully reopened, although he's, he also sounded like he's not planning to go that direction yet. He says he agrees with the WHO, COVID Authority, who said this week governments should stop using lockdowns as your primary control method for blunting for, for blunting a virus surge. Wall says lockdowns are not sustainable over the long haul. Uh, and then he writes about this. We're not testing. in the long haul right now? Yeah. New study. New study. COVID-19 can survive on banknotes and phone screens for 28 days, to which Jordy notes, I need to inspect all bills you and the staff have in denominations higher than $5. I'm doing it for the seniors. Uh, But that reminds me of the great scene in Midnight Run 
where uh, De Niro and uh, Charles, uh, who was the uh, co-star? Groden. Uh, Groden. Groden. Uh, they go in the bar, and uh, Groden, <laughs> they didn't have any money to get groceries, so uh, Groden says, follow me, and they go into the bar, and Groden says, we're from the FBI. A lot of people have been passing counterfeit bills lately. Uh, I need everyone with a 20 to hand me a 20. Of course, they all do it, and, and Groden gives them this very official-sounding talk about, I'm going to have these examined and brought back to you. And then he walks out of the tavern. They go to the store and, and take off again. Oh, it was a brilliant scene. Brilliant scene. Yeah, sounds really good. And that's what, do you ever see Midnight Run? <laughs> About yeah. 18 times. Yeah. Those two together. I just, I've always loved Groden. He's that's so where good. he looks at that one goofy guy in the bar and says to him, you see anybody strange around here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Joe, listening to Tuesday's podcast, you were talking about a way to claw back your vote if you have changed your mind. You have been saying for years that when it comes to voting, they have fixed a problem that did not exist. Right now, when it comes to early voting, they have managed to create an actual problem that does now need a fix. Just a casual observation from a fellow G Yeller walking down the service road of life. Keep pushing back. Jeff Pedro from Roseville. Oops, I meant Eddie Van Halen from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants their real names anymore, do they? I think people like the bit more than anything else. Yeah. Especially the people that write at the very end of the email, don't say my name on the air, even though Joe <laughs> just read the entire thing on the show. <laughs> we lost Bill Wingett, and we lost Steve Bessie. Two D-Day vets, one of whom served with the Band of Brothers. Wow. Really? Bill Winkett was born in Spokane, Washington, enlisted in the Navy after Pearl Harbor. He became part of Easy Company of the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division. He jumped behind Utah Beach on D-Day, June 6, 1944, and nearly drowned because the Germans had flooded the low-lying fields. The water almost did me in, he said, in a 2015 Interview for the Democratic Herald Gazette Times Veterans Day coverage. I was heavenly laden and landed in seven feet of water. I'm not a swimmer. Wingert fought his way inland with hundreds of thousands of Allied troops taking part in campaigns in France, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Germany. He participated in the famed assault on Berkischgaden, the Bavarian mountain retreat of oh. Adolf Hitler. The 506, of course, was immortalized in the 1992 book by Stephen E. Ambrose uh, and the 10-part film produced by Tom Hanks and Steel, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Easy Company of the 506 is probably the most famous unit of the Second World War. Uh, I just can't figure out a way to tell people that combat is combat, Wink had said. I've stood up behind a machine gun and burned through six barrels in two hours, and there was nothing left but death in misery. Wingert and all four of his brothers survived World War II. Wingett later survived, uh, served in the 82nd Airborne as well as the Navy before settling in Oregon where he opened a wow. woodworking shop. Steve wow. Bessie Steve Bessie was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming and moved to Corvallis. That would be Oregon at the age of two. He was a 1937 graduate of Corvallis High School. Pearl Harbor was attacked during his senior year at, that, at what was then the Oregon Agricultural College and Bessie immediately listed on the Navy. On June 6, 1944, he was executive officer on Landing Craft 420, a landing craft that delivered more than 2,500 Allied troops at Omaha Beach. On the first wave, the guys were being shot just coming off the ramp. After our first landing, we went back up to pick 200 more troops, Bessie told reporter Kyle Odegaard for a 29th 
2019 story on the 75th anniversary of D-Day. The noise was so tremendous. There was gunfire everywhere you couldn't really hear. Uh, after the war, Bessie stayed in California and became an international manager for Ferry Morse Seed Company. He then joined the Oregon State University Extension Service, working in Ontario, Eugene, and at OSU itself. Like Wingate, Bessie was inducted into the French Legion of Honor as a knight for his actions during D-Day. Uh, what great, great people. Uh, wow. Bessie, uh, uh, Bessie died uh, September 20 at the age of 100. Wingate uh, died at the Edward C. Allworth Veterans Home in Lebanon. He was 98. Great living Americans. Good night, moon to them, huh? Wow. Yeah, God bless you, gentlemen. Wow, wow, wow. <clears throat> and then came back and just had their American lives. Yep. It's, just a, it's just a shame. that I wonder what uh, Kendi X Gandhi BS or whatever his name is would say about these two guys. Racists. Yeah, they probably were. White they privilege. Probably, yeah, they probably were. Say, fighting, uh, for, yeah. fighting for a corrupt country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy. Jeez Louise. Say, right now, there's a year-end sale. Uh, the lowest prices of the year at EcoFund Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Great selection right now on all scooters and electric bikes, including the new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli electric bikes ready to go, easy on and off for anyone, and forget the hills. Just push the thumb throttle. Fat tire Bintelli bikes are great for hunters and off-road bikers all year. We can even add studded tires for those who love riding on the lakes all winter. Yeah, you show-offs. All remaining wild-side, old-school-looking electric bikes are on year-end sale for $14.99. All Yamaha electric bikes on year-end sale for the lowest prices of the year. And yes, the 2021 Yamaha snowmobiles and ATVs are now here and ready to take home. And again, Tim Bloom and the staff at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in Forest Lake thank the GLers for their great turnout during the month of September when 100 bucks of every sale at EcoFun went to Eric Mishy's Hope on the River crusade trying to raise money for his Spare Key Foundation. I, I suspect we'll be attempting to talk to Eric Mishy this week again, won't we? Yes, sir. All right. Either tomorrow or Friday. I'll, I'll communicate with him this afternoon. That's EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. And we have a new bumper today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm from Canada yep. and I am a moose. Yep. <laughs> what the hell is this? Truth, justice, and the suturee. Like this is the Marty Moose theme song that I mentioned. You, uh, <laughs> you don't have tape rolling, do you? Oh, I actually, hope this isn't on the air. Oh, absolutely. We're not actually going with this. But I'm, I'm using this uh, because uh, I was a little distant uh, during the Krabby Coffee segment, and I need to apologize to my man, the Soul Man. But the reason that I was a little bit distant during that segment is our buddies at Harmony Spirit stopped by. Oh. And there's an entire case of the double-strength bourbon right next to me. So I think I might I need, have to come in tomorrow. I think what I need to do. So my coffee client has to suffer, so your whiskey <laughs> client can flourish. I apologize I to the coffee. I think you should grounds. introduce Eric and Julie to the guys at Harmony. You know what see, I'll do? See how they get along. I'll save a bottle for them specifically because of my absence during your during your coffee you, ground you segment. Uh, Harmony Spirits, by the way, handcrafted spirits made right here in the great state of Minnesota, down in beautiful Harmony, Minnesota. They have wonderful bourbon. 
great whiskey, rum, vodka, whatever you need, they've got you covered. Check out that tasting room, by the way, if you're in the area. But more importantly, go into your local liquor store and ask for Harmony Spirits. Just walk in and say, hey, where's the Harmony? I'm going to hobble in there tomorrow because mm-hmm. i got to get a flu shot. Okay, okay. Uh, puzzle me this. Where where in the building are they doing that, I wonder? Do you it, know? It's quite literally 10 feet from our podcast door. So it's where it's always been. Yes, yes. Pretty much. So exactly. Just keep this in mind. All those people are going to be congregating right Ooh. next to your office. All those people. I didn't Maybe I'll just get the shot up. and leave. <laughs> Maybe they'll be lined up down the hallway, so you'll have to go, excuse me, excuse me, can I get by? Excuse me. Oh, I just got to get around. No, what you'll do just is you'll, you'll just go get your shot, come grab your bottle of bourbon, and then you're going to leave. Well, I had to make an appointment to get the shot. Wouldn't that preclude some oh. uh, spacing? Oh. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, if there's appointments, then I'm completely wrong. Well, and I got news for both of you. There's nobody here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm one of the few people that's been here. But every how day many since cheapskates March. like Such are going to come in and get their free shot instead of paying two bucks for it down at the at the uh, at Walgreens or whatever? Yeah, Such, I have a feeling you're uh, about to go to Mumbai, India, and before you do that, uh, I, I want to start a new segment. Such, what say ye? And I mm-hmm. want your opinion on one or two stories. It's it's uh, your choice, uh, and I'm. Pretty sure you've probably read both of them. Would you like to give me a uh, what for on a free-flowing river that's not dammed up in downtown Minneapolis? Or would you like to give me an opinion on a 2,350-pound pumpkin grown in Anoka? Take it away, Such. What a... Uh- I read both of them. Uh, the free-flowing river, of course, gets my nod because I told you, in all seriousness, that I would have really enjoyed my ability to get out there in the middle of the river, and uh, I could not. So I admire the uh, I admire the people who appreciated the aesthetic of that. As for the pumpkin stories, uh, it's annual. You get a big pumpkin somewhere every year. This, this guy grew it in Anoka, drove yeah. it out to Cali, and won $16,450, $7 a pound for his pumpkin. Yeah, it's massive. I, I give you that. Back to the river. What <coughs> is Excuse the me. Perfect, perfect health. health. You really got to give up the heater, Such. Yeah, I don't smoke. Um, <laughs> what is the benefit for damming it up? Why does it have to be dammed up? Just for calm waters? I would suspect so, and uh, to control its uh, levels. Yeah, although there's really not much to flood between here and Alton, Illinois. <laughs> the downside is removing the dams would change how the river is used. Without the dams, few tour boats would be uh, rendered useless, um, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And this guy who wrote this, Jack Distel, a uh, ecological hydrologist, said we would have to buy them out. Well, n- let, let's not spend any more money. But no. no, no. I, I mean, could we just start with the St. Anthony Gate and leave everything else below that in place? I'm sure the Army Corps of Engineers has thought about this, and I'll have to accept the conclusions they've arrived at. There's a All reason right. for these dams. All right. I was just wondering how you felt about that, and I, I know you uh, that's close to your heart. Anyway. Picture the Mississippi River between... Uh, Oh, start at the University of Minnesota mm-hmm, and right. go down to uh, Ford oh, Pike, the f- Pike Island. Well, sure, right, right okay. below Ford. Now, if there wasn't climate change in the past, how could that river have so gorged out its right. own valley? No. 
Isn't that just a majestic canyon? I love it. Think it's of so the cool. ice. Think of the ice that ground yes. its way through there. Yes. And there wasn't one single lawnmower in use. Right. Or SUV right. or airplane. No and coal the same, was being used. Nothing. The same with the Minnesota River Valley from basically 35W over to the highway, well, Mendota in that area, and actually downtown St. Paul. Yeah. That's all a canyon, too. Yeah. Just amazing. I'm in awe of that gorge every time, every day. Every that day I'm remarkable. in awe of that gorge. It's just amazing. And it's yep. about 10,000 years old. It's You know what that is? Nothing. You like a nice yeah. gorge? I love a good gorge. <laughs> That's nothing. 10,000 years in the cosmic scheme of things? Right. Nothing. That sounds tawdry, Reavers. That's why I said it. I know that's why you said it. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, and our friend Tom Lyman. Uh, Tom, how long are you going to keep quarantining in Mumbai, India? He's been in Mumbai for about six months. Well, if he's at a five-star joint, I can't yeah. blame him. In 1853, on this day, St. Paul began the slow process of numbering buildings with 20 Robert Street, which was home to Cathcart, Kern, and Company's Crystal Palace, a dry goods store. And on this day in 1946, after 126 years of service to the nation, Fort Snelling is closed as a military post and placed under the Veterans Administration control. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, right after the war. Right after the war, wow. right after the war, yeah. Huh. Fort Snelling ceased to be a military post. It won't be long now, and we'll have the name of that joint changed to something more politically acceptable. Oh, don't even say that. Well, what, right. was Josiah Snelling a bad uh, guy? Oh, if, I'm sure we can find something. I'm sure he kicked his dog or did something. He did something <laughs> wrong, yeah. Oh, I can uh, guarantee it. Yeah. That's just a shame, yeah. All right, GLers, thank you. Hey, how you doing? I'll see you tomorrow from the studio. You will? Mm-hmm. Well, i got to come in anyway to get that shot. I am super excited to see you. It's going to be great. Hey. Might uh, take me a while to get from the parking to the up there, but I can do it. You want me to give you a piggyback ride? No. Reavers. Okay. Yes, sir. I broke my promise, Reavers. What? I drove right by Frats on Lake Street yesterday. and Why? Didn't I was dragging a big flatbed trailer. I couldn't get into that a lot. You needed a garbage can, Frack. I know, and I, I still away. need. I still need one. Did you get a bed yet? <laughs> I've got an air mattress. Nice. Hey, don't forget. Are the- you home now or back up north? Uh, it was a t- quick turnaround. I got back last night. Oh. Don't forget to download the PodMN app in both the Google and Apple Play Store. I'm surprised he told me it was none of his my business. I'm surprised too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quit asking personal questions. That's right. <laughs> and help out with the spots once in a while, will ya? Yeah. Dumb dumbs. It's campaign season, and here come the negative ads. The biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company. Talk about negative. Captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency. We only offer 12-month policies, not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year. At the Canopy Group... We promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. 
We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com.